Welcome to another episode of Whiskey and Mash. this week's episode of whiskey and mash i am chris pullman and i am gloria ackerman and this week we'll be talking about major frank burns we'll be reviewing uh season one episode 11 germ warfare and season one episode 12 dear dad if you're wondering what that's all about if this is your first time tuning into our podcast we watch episodes of the tv show mash while uh having a nice whiskey beverage so mm, you made a good one this week too. Well, thank you. Hence whiskey and mash. Ah. <laughs> this week we're going to talk about Larry Linville, which is um, Major Frank Burns. Major Frank Delano Marion Ferret Face Burns. <laughs> I forgot about Ferret Face. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Go for it. Well, the only thing I really know about him. Um, when he came to read the pilot, there wasn't enough um, information or enough lines for him to read, so he read the lines of Colonel Henry Blake as though he was Frank Burns, and apparently he had the people roaring on the floor. Nice. And they didn't think that he was the type of person that could make people laugh, but they were laughing so hard as he read, uh, like I said, they were rolling on the floor. So. He is a very classically chained, act, trained actor, Larry Linville is, so I think he was a good choice for Frank Burns. Yeah. Very different than the movie version of Frank Burns. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Larry Linville played Frank Burns in the show. Robert Duvall played uh, Major Frank Burns in the film. And uh, from the wiki that I have that I was reading through, you know, it said that Really what they ended up doing a lot of was making him the butt of jokes for the sake of the show, which is kind of unfortunate in a lot of ways. Um, something that was pointed out in the wiki time and again was, you know, MASH, the 4077, has apparently this really high survival rate, 98%, and yet at the, at the same time we get all these references where, like, Frank gets Christmas cards all the time from the mortician at home and... Oh, yes. You know, he's a fair but competent surgeon, but, you know, he only went into becoming a doctor because he washed out of uh, embalming school. And uh, we, I we, don't we, remember we, that part. Yeah, we get these references, how he only passed his exams because he bought the answers for $400. And so, you know, they portray him as this very inept surgeon, and yet... When you look at it, if there's only four surgeons, which we see more of in the beginning, but once we get like into season four, there are only four. And if they have a 94% survival rate, that means that he's a very good surgeon. Must be. But, you know, at the same time, I think we mentioned he's a very by-the-book sort of guy. Um, which you will see in this next episode that we're going to talk about. Yep. Um, he likes to throw his weight around whenever he can. He likes everything by the book. Him and Margaret Houlihan, who we'll talk about in, at the start of another episode, have this uh, very passionate, very intense sort of romance, even though Frank is married. 
him and Margaret have this thing going on. And that's a real interesting dichotomy with Frank's character, because he's this, always portrayed as this very um, religious, you might say Bible-thumping sort of by-the-book, by-the-rules sort of guy. And yet... And yet, in later episodes, you will see that Frank Burns totally loses it when Margaret um, mm. does get engaged to someone else. He couldn't handle the fact of her being with someone else. Yeah, he he won't marry her because he's already married, and we we have various versions of why that is. Largely, I think it's just because his wife is a security blanket for him. You know, in one episode, they mentioned that all the like the stocks and the bonds and the house are in her name. Um, but, yeah, not the best looker his wife, because I think we actually see some film of her hmm. at one point. But Margaret's kind of like his safety blanket over in Korea. And uh, we do see him from time to time goof up with her. Like one time uh, a soldier goes home, to Fort Wayne, Indiana, where Frank Burns is from, and makes the comment, uh, the, the soldier goes home and tells Mrs. Burns about what Frank is doing over in Korea with Margaret, oh. and um, she sends him a letter, and uh, it's this whole I'm going to divorce you thing, and so he calls her and uh, is talking her down from that, and Margaret listens in on Radar's phone. I don't company. know that episode. Is yeah. that towards the end? Uh, well, toward the end of his run, because he was only okay. there for five seasons. Right, five seasons. Until they bring in uh, Major Charles Emerson Winchester III. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that happens, and at one point he refers to Margaret as an army mule with bosoms. <laughs> and she hears him, and he he's all... Uh, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? He He's very pompous going out of... Because he went into the Colonel Potter's office, so this would have been in, like, uh, season four or five. Because he had talked his wife down from getting a divorce. In fact, like, one of the last things he says to her is, Now, how about you, you call off that lawyer, huh? Yeah, I love you, sweetie. <laughs> um, and then he comes out into Radar's office, and Margaret starts just throwing a fit and throwing stuff at him. So, but, um... I think that's also, Margaret also at one point starts, uh, she she kind of sees where that's going, that he's never going to leave his wife and get with her, and so she ends up starting to date uh, Colonel... Ronald Penobscot. Yeah. Donald? Donald? Donald Penobscot. Donald Penobscot, tank corps, as I remember. <laughs> And There's actually two different Donald Penobscots that we get to meet. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Frank starts losing it at that point because um, he's very... Attached. Attached to Margaret. Yes. Um, another thing that they mentioned in the wiki about Frank is he constantly tries to cheat people. He's always after money. Um, some I things. not see that. How... Episodes to consider. There's the one where Hawkeye goes blind from the gas stove okay. and then Frank is listening to um he's listening to broadcasts of baseball games ahead of time <gasps> yes and then they he and then he bets people because he listens to them at like 2 or 3 in the morning everybody else listens to them rebroadcast on Armed Forces Radio Network 
and then Frank already knows the outcome, so he bets the outcome, especially on games when it sounds like that shouldn't happen. Um, so there's that. There's the episode where uh, Hawkeye decides to play a little trick with him and leaves a note out in the open under his pillow where he's writing his dad and thanking him for the tip from Senator whoever about Pioneer Aviation Stock. So he... So Frank tries to get his broker to drop everything and buy all Pioneer Aviation to get more money. There's the episode where they do something to Frank. Because Hawkeye, Trapper, and BJ all just pick on Frank mercilessly. Which you will see in our episode 11. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Among others. Among Uh, others. One time they literally crate Frank. (laughs) He wakes up in a shipping crate. And it's great because... The episode opens and you see Hawkeye just sitting there and all of a sudden the crate shakes the crate shakes Frank goes hello and then you see a finger poke up through a hole and start <laughs> feeling it. around the crate <laughs> can't wait to get to all these episodes um but Frank decides to leave Margaret decides to leave and uh bad things will happen at MASH if they leave and so Hawkeye and BJ or Hawkeye and Trapper have to make them want to stay. So what they do is um, they plot. They get this plot to make Frank think that there's gold in the hills. Oh, so they used his greed. So they used his greed to make him stay. And what it ended up being was they just spray painted a bunch of rocks and got some... Uh, actually, it was Radar who had been digging iron pyrite. Fool's gold. And uh, sorry about that. That was my phone. Uh Father's Day and a couple of my friends who are also fathers are trying to figure out what we're going to do together. I'll silence that. Happy uh, Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all <laughs> you dads out there. Um, and to Chris. Thank you. But yeah, at the end of the episode, uh, they actually have real gold that they drop on the floor to make Frank believe in the scheme. And it's uh, it's gold that, the, that Henry is going to use for filling in his tooth that they get from the dentist. Or they steal from the dentist, not get from. But then at the end of the episode once Frank has tore up all the transfer orders they are riding through camp in a uh, spray painted jeep they spray painted it gold and fool's gold you know so So upcoming things to look forward to but yes you know Frank um, there is this very ferrety sort of less than stellar moral character aspect to him um, and Larry Linville plays it to a T. Yeah, we we know that he doesn't hold his liquor well. Um, he he always wants to be chummy with the guys, but because he's such an abrasive character, he never really gets to be chummy with it's kind them. Kind of that tattletale child, yeah. you know. If you think of a tattletale, that's what I think of when I think of mm-hmm. Frank Burns. Yeah, you know, I want to be your friend, but I'm gonna tell everything you do. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. Um, so at times, they do kind of chum up to Frank. There's one episode in particular with BJ and Hawkeye and Colonel Potter. Uh, this is after Margaret starts dating other people. Oh, and where, where Frank is very depressed, and Colonel Potter says, come on, cheer him up. So they go drinking with him, and uh, they end up having some fun with him. They put a toe tag on him. <laughs> yeah. And the toe tag reads something like, morally bankrupt and... There, there, is, there are two lines, but what ends up happening is Frank ends up getting taken to a first aid station 
where they take him out of the ambulance that he stumbled and fell into, put him off to the side, and he sleeps through his whole encounter there. BJ and Hawkeye have to go up and say and, and bring yes. him back, but at the same time they're helping to patch up guys there. They have a very long day. They get him back, and he slept through the whole thing. Never knew he was gone. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Frank Burns, uh, in a nutshell, rule follower. Um, in love with Margaret Houlihan, Hot Lips Houlihan, and just... And in love with money. And in love with money. Tries to be a very... Or puts on the face of a very moral person while making very morally ambiguous decisions at times. And he loves to throw his rank and his weight around. And you see that all in our episode we're going to talk about this evening, which is Germ Warfare. So season one, episode 11... Season one, episode eleven. Do you, Do you want, want me? Yeah, I can. Go for it. First of all, it was Christmas time, which I love because yeah. all of my favorite episodes are at Christmas time. Was so, was that Germ Warfare? I thought that was the next one, Dear Dad. Dear Dad's the second one. Yes, I think that was actually at Christmas time. Oh, Dear Dad was at Christmas. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> skip that one. I'm going <laughs> to tell you about uh, Germ Warfare, where they steal. Um, after stealing blood from Frank Burns, Hawkeye and Trapper's patient, which is a Korean, North, North Korean, Korean. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's staying in Hawkeye's bed because they said that they had to get him out of there, and he said, out nope, of, out, of, out post, of post-op because there wasn't Colonel, enough room. Colonel Blake said that he could stay in MASH. As long as they didn't waste a bed. So, um, but he was AB negative blood, which is a rare type of blood. Guess who had Ray um, that type of blood? It was Frank Burns. So Hawkeye and Trapper, in the middle of the night, stole Frank Burns' blood, found out the North Korean had, whose name was Pak, um, had hepatitis. So they were worried that Frank would have had it. So it was a little hilarious watching them try to keep Frank away from Margaret, trying to keep Frank away from the patients, um, while collecting urine sample because they (laughs) needed to test him to make sure it wasn't him they were getting the hepatitis C from Um, and that was the just of the of the show Mm -hmm. yeah it it was a pretty simple show as far as plots go Um, but some interesting things that I saw in there. We we again see Hojan. So again, he okay. continues to not have been <laughs> gone off to college. Uh, Spear Trucker makes an appearance. I think Ginger Bayless, Odessa Cleveland's character. I think she makes an appearance. We see Lieutenant Dish again for the first time, I believe, since the pilot. Yes, and Hawkeye was having fantasies about her <laughs> disrobing. <laughs> that, that was one of my favorite scenes with Hawkeye is he's staring at her and I have this sort of dream fog around her and it's clear that uh, that she's nude I mean it's only like a shoulders up shot and she says are you undressing me with your eyes right now and he's like yes I am because if I tried it with my hands you'd kill me right yep (laughs) not a bad way to go really so that's one of my favorite lines actually and then actually Trapper comes in at that point and says, hey, we have a problem. 
and but I see you're busy. And she said, no, he's not busy. <laughs> he's, not busy. <laughs> he's not busy. Go ahead. You can go. <laughs> yep. So. Um, yeah. Some in, some besides that, some interesting things I saw in this episode. I think it's the first time that we see Hawkeye treating an enemy soldier. And you know, like Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, Frank all, never wants anything to do with enemy soldiers because they're the enemy. And Hawkeye has this very I almost want to say like eclectic or non denominational view of people. People are he doesn't people. see sex, race. Mm -hmm. It's like you're an injured person. I'm going to treat you until you're well. Right. Regardless. And that's what we love about him. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Lieutenant Dish is in there. Uh, we see Hojan communicating with the North Koreans. So, you know, we do see that aspect of a translator of some sort in mm -hmm. the show, which comes back from time to time. Um. Happy Days Are Here Again started off the show again. So yep. we started with our wonderful song that mm. we hear in most episodes. Yeah. I think so far. Yeah, which is odd to me because I don't remember it in that many episodes. I don't either. And I think maybe just because it doesn't show up in later episodes so much. I you know, I, I think the first season is kind of unique in that sense. They're right? still developing, mm -hmm. learning. Because I think in later episodes they actually have what real radio would have been which was i can't think of her name now mm. oh um soul city sue yes yeah which the pop propaganda radio right. being sent Making over from north korea feel yeah. bad about who you are and mm -hmm. what you're doing yeah um and i think they're also trying to still tie into this to the movie a lot and kind of piggyback on its success too possibly with that um, other things, we see Radar again doing distraction work. Right. To and get, Trapper. And Trapper. But yeah, like, uh, Radar, in order to get the blood, or the urine sample from Major Burns, he has the officer's latrine, which is a tent at this point. Later, it's just a shed. Uh, it's a <laughs> tent. He has it all boxed up because they're doing, um... What was it? Redecorating? Redecorating. Well, that's ridiculous. And then Radar shows Frank, well, Colonel Potter signed. It's right here, and he has the form. So. Colonel Blake. I'm sorry. I did it this time. <laughs> Colonel Blake. You know. Um, Colonel Blake, because Radar can get Colonel Blake to sign anything. Um, the supply tent is an actual tent. In later episodes, it's a shed oh. that they can lock. We actually see that in a couple of episodes. But yes, it's an actual tent here. Which is another thing that I love because, yeah, they're trying to keep Frank away from Margaret. And so. Spear Chucker was working for Hawkeye mm. and Trapper was working for Hawkeye. And, yep. Ray, you know, yep. they had a whole... Everybody was involved. But that, right. you know, that goes to show you um, what Hawk, the connections Hawkeye has in the camp is a lot of people yeah. are loyal to him and will help out. <laughs> and Radar's really living in his pocket. But um, another one of my favorite episode or favorite scenes out of this episode specifically, uh, Hot Lips goes into the supply tent to wait for Frank. Um, I think Radar, Radar or Trapper, one of them intercepts oh. Frank, says Colonel Blake wants to see you. Radar. And so then... Pierce, uh, Hawkeye, goes into the supply tent and it's dark 
and uh, Margaret ends up, she has her hair down, and she ends up starting to feel up Hawkeye's chest. And He didn't stop her. Well, no. <laughs> Until she realized who it was. Yeah, and then she starts going off on how he's the moral degenerate. So. <laughs> That's kind of like the episode where... Um, where Klinger is using Margaret's hair dryer and Frank starts nibbling on Klinger's neck. Again, you moral degenerate. <laughs> who is nibbling on who, Major? <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, I think those are just sort of some of the interesting things I saw, as well as the fact that they end up coming clean to Frank at the end of the episode. Because I still don't really understand why they came clean. They knew that the person was coming because Frank was about to go into surgery and then they had to stop him so um, you know that's when they handcuffed him while he was gowning up while Margaret was gowning him so they put the they handcuffed the two together yep and tied them together so that Frank wouldn't interact with patients so he couldn't infect any of them in case he had hepatitis and so that was part of that is they had to like tell him why they were doing it I because otherwise they would seem like complete crazies instead of right, just right. mild crazies. But Frank didn't have hepatitis. But then, um, end of the episode, Frank is playing checkers with the North Korean who's staying in the swamp. And Hawkeye and Trapper bring him daisies. Which I thought was cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, they did steal his blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything you saw interesting? Well, I thought it was interesting that the North Korean, whose name was Pak, seemed mm. to be able to speak English at the end yeah. because he spoke to them, mm -hmm. but yet couldn't tell them his name. You know, they had to have Ho Jung. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And I don't know if that, there was like something behind that, but. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, I don't think that there was a real big moral message or anything to this episode. I think it was just... Um, well, who do you help? Who do you, you help? Know, oh, that's a there's, good one. Yeah. There, there's the North Koreans, yeah. and there's you know, your American mm -hmm. servicemen, and some yeah. people are willing to help anyone. And yeah. we should all be that way. We're all humans. We're all, yeah. We all have souls. Yeah. Well, right. that, and that's how Hawkeye... That's how Hawkeye sees Right, but not everyone does and to, to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so. that's a good point. Yeah. Any other final thoughts? Nope, but that's pretty much it's on everything from this episode. Okay. Then the next one is Season 1, Episode 12, Dear Dad. Um, the Dear Dad episodes, this is the first. There's Dear Dad Part 2, Dear Dad Part 3, and we actually see Dear Dad appear in a couple other episodes as well. It's um, it's a really neat way for them uh, to really get Hawkeye to explain what's going on without, you know, just <laughs> kind of doing the documentary interview format that we see these days. You know, like in The Office or Modern Family, you actually get the whole sit down, talk with the camera as the character. Well, this is a version of that. That's right. Yeah, except you're talking to another character. Uh, right. We never meet Hawkeye's dad. We never see him. But we start to get a sense, I think, through these letters of the sort of person Hawkeye's dad is and what sort of impact he had on Hawkeye's life. But anyway, um, it's episode 12, if you think about it. The first season has, I believe, 24 episodes. 
should be about right because there's eight per disc. So this probably would have occurred right around Christmas, you know, right around December. So it is a Christmas episode, which, depending on how you keep track of time throughout the rest of the season, this might be a little anachronistic, you know, because that would have taken a lot of time out of the first year of the Korean War. Um, <laughs> but that happens a lot with the series. But anyway, um, this one's a little hard to summarize succinctly because it had a lot of different threads running through it. It did. This. Yeah, you know, um, this is the first time I think we really hear the term meatball surgery. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, Hawkeye starts his letter by saying he just came out of 70 hours of meatball surgery. Um, meatball because um, in another episode they, he kind of references how they're pulling kids out of the meat grinder. They're turning hamburger back into people. Um, you see that it's cold, that it's Christmas time. As part of that, Father Mulcahy is outside of the mess tent setting up a nativity set, and you see them bringing this huge... Uh, like pine tree that they're trying to get into the dining uh right. the, the mess tent uh radar comes with it uh what else we see throughout the episode it's a nice running gag that radar is mailing home a jeep right one piece at a too. time and uh there's a little continuity here because hawkeye in his letter to his dad says i don't remember where radar was at during my last letter dad but I believe he had mailed home the back seats, and now, now he's up he's mailing the front, front seats. seats. We didn't know what he was doing at first, but we fluoroscoped a package, and then you see like a steering wheel and a gear shaft, and um. This I is like the, how Father Mulcahy was decorating the Christmas tree with surgical with <laughs> forceps you know, and all the shiny cotton balls and anything yep. shiny that you could find, and. Mm-hmm. Stringing popcorn. Uh, Henry gives one of his first, the first of many monthly lectures. It's for the enlisted men. Um, apparently this month's lecture was about marital sex and the family. <laughs> what was that, Henry? <laughs> uh, and the family. <laughs> the first part. <laughs> so Trapper <laughs> asks, well, what about... This figure A and figure B meet figure C and figure D. And, and figure and, A can't keep his hands off of figure C because she has such a nice figure. <laughs> so, um, well, according Colonel Blake just says, the book says <laughs> you can't touch her. And then he said, this is over. Yeah, Radar asks <laughs> something about sex and Henry goes, um, that's, uh, 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 Dismissed. <laughs> He's definitely very uncomfortable with this topic. Yeah, which I think is hilarious. Especially since he has an A and B at camp, the same as he has an A and B at home. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. C and D, well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so they had, um, what else, Trapper. Uh, we, we see in this episode for the first time uh, Trapper's softer side, where he's helping out the local kids. We see that again in the episode Kim where he almost adopts a Korean boy, but mm -hmm. that one's reunited with uh, his mom. So Trapper ends up not getting that boy, but he, he's helping vaccinate these local kids. And then we also see him go off and help the locals because they come to him, a role which BJ then picks up once he gets on the show. Uh, we see Corporal Klinger. I don't think this is the first time, but we see him again. A little more intense Corporal Klinger. Yeah, a little bit more. 
Um, he is carrying a tray that a nurse told him to take into the lab or whatever, which, two things. <laughs> he's coming through post-op toward the lab, which means that he's coming from not anywhere near where he would have gotten samples oh, from. That's right. He was coming through post-op the wrong way. We, we actually see this in the episode. He's coming through post-op the wrong way. He's from actually outside. from outside, basically from out of camp. I don't know where he got this stuff from. Um, but the other thing is, like, in germ warfare, they send hepatitis, the hepatitis stuff off to Seoul to get analyzed at the lab because they don't really have a lab on camp. And we see that again um, in an episode where BJ and Hawkeye try and get an incubator. I think it's called the That's incubator. Right. In order so to in help order... them grow cultures. So Klinger is actually bring, bringing it to a lab that does not exist. Yes, He's bringing samples from a place that he couldn't have gotten samples from to a lab that doesn't exist. They do get a lab. We see that in later episodes. Cause and they, they get actually, the incubator. And they get the incubator. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's a little contrived for this episode. But, it, you know, uh, there are inconsistencies all over the series. But anyway, um, he's wearing a bandana. Frank tells him to take it off. He's like, no, my mom told me to wear it. Blah, blah, blah. Frank makes Klinger drop the tray. Um, Frank, kind of like in the movie, says, look what you did, even though he caused it. And it ends up in a tussle where Klinger ends up knocking him out. In fact, Laura asked, who started that fight? It, it was, and it depends on how you look at it. It To put this in a Star Wars perspective for any of you out there, this is kind of the who did, did Han shoot first sort of scenario. Um... It was Frank who really caused the situation, and but it's Klinger who came after Frank. Right. So, um, but Father Mulcahy he steps in, so you start to see that sort of therapist, interventionalist side of him in this episode. Um, and Father Mulcahy he talks Klinger down from using a grenade on Frank. Right, and he looked perfectly willing to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm I'm just thinking it's a completely different clinger than what develops in later episodes. The you know he'll fight for this bandana, mm. where later episodes he's wearing dresses and well, that tough guy is kind. Of, well, he's there. Well, well, we we because I think before this we saw the episode with oh, yeah, General wear, Barker, where well in the beginning of the episode he was on guard duty in a dress. Right. Because um. You know, Barker said, like, get out of that dress, and Klinger said something like, to the effect of, no thanks, Mary, and went skipping off. And then at the end of the episode, he's not in anything while right. on guard duty. But this time he was in military clothes, yep. but except the red bandana. So mm -hmm. he just has this need to not just wear... In fact, later episodes, he wear, he's forced to wear his um, military... Mm-hmm uniform whatever you call it and he was and so he ends up wearing slips under it yeah because he was having a reaction right he was a, getting a rash a psychosomatic reaction to the uniform um what else we um looking through my notes um we also see frank going out to a uh date with hot lips but then Trapper and Hawkeye get wind of it beforehand and go into the Hot Lips' tent ahead of time. 
uh, replace the candle that they were using with a trick candle, uh, saw off the legs of her bed. Fill they, her pillow with pudding. Chocolate pudding. <laughs> and then, like, half saw through the main tent pole so that when Frank gets mad and hits it, the whole tent collapses in on them. So that was great. Uh, One of my favorite parts is Hawkeye dresses up as Santa. For Christmas. For the Christmas, for the little kids. For and, all the orphans. And with every intention to give out toys, but is needed because it's a chest wound, and that's his yeah. specialty. There's a squad pinned down in the field, and... A corporal needs uh, surgery in the field in order to make it. They're pinned down, so... He flies up on a helicopter. What, what did you say that's he, called? Well, like, he, he basically repels down. Repels he's, down, he, yes. he gets lowered down from the chopper, and here's this... Uh, they Santa repelling the, down in the middle of Korea. And in this bomb crater you have this uh, private first class we know that because that's what he's credited as <laughs> at oh. the end of the episode is pfc who says to the corporal and you said there was no, no santa, santa. <laughs> and here comes santa dodging bullets and falling to the ground as bombs I would just are going love off to see that yeah <laughs> i mean mm -hmm. what a way to be rescued in korea by santa mm -hmm. um and then the last the last two things I have down is notes from the episode, which again, this is this isn't like me or us listing off our favorite parts of the episode. This is how it flowed. It was just a very, it was a very messed up episode. Like, it was it was one of those a, yeah sort of conglomerated piecemeal episodes that you see in shows. In fact, Hawkeye was still writing to his dad, so this is letter to dad. So these mm -hmm. are all things that he wrote to his father, but up in the helicopter, as he's going to the place, mm -hmm. he's still writing his letter to his father. Yeah, so there's the consistency in the episode is the letter, not the episode itself. Right, because it was there's just so many things going on, but he's writing to his dad all these yeah. things. But yeah, the last two things that I really liked about the episode, before he gets dressed up as Santa... Um, uh, uh, Frank Burns and Major Houlihan are walking toward the mess tent past the swamp and then Hawkeye comes up behind them and says, Frank, hold this. He hands Frank his drink and then starts... Oh, he yeah. bends Margaret over and starts kissing her. And at first you see her just kind of... All you can see are her arms and her hands. And she's kind of shocked. And then you see her hands just slope melting into the kiss yeah that's the only way to put it yep she is melting into it and then he finally lets up frank has some you know like well that's not very appropriate well that was her christmas gift yeah <laughs> i could kiss into her stocking if you'd prefer and i like how trapper asked about it well how was it <laughs> and he said well if we could get rid of frank burns it could be she could become a major kisser <laughs> but yeah margaret at that point um in a big foreshadowing, because I doubt that six they had any mind to do anything between those two characters six seasons later, but she makes a comment to Frank about, yeah, what a kisser. So she was enjoying it too. Right, right. But, um, yeah, once we get into season seven, that's the episode where Hawkeye and Margaret have their They go off thing. to get, well, yeah. they get trapped. And they get trapped and they, they yes, things. That's, a, that's one of my favorite two-parters. So, so yeah, this really isn't a thread, like you said. It, there isn't, but there's so much because he's writing to his father. Yeah, and or then his it, dad. He calls uh, him dad. Yeah, and then it ends 
with perfect him. episode for Father's Day. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, it is actually. <laughs> it it ends with him saying "Merry Christmas, Dad" from all of us at Mash, Colonel Potter. And then what they do is from the shots of the episode, they have like uh, um, I don't remember Colonel Potter or not Colonel Potter, Colonel Blake, um, Wayne Rot. No, that's. Oh, they had him say, and Merry Christmas from, and then they said all their real names. Yeah. Larry Linville and... Wayne Roger. Wayne, right. Um, um, McLean Stevenson. McLean Stevenson, thank you, Colonel yes. Blake. And they just, you know, they do a shot, a live shot of the person and overlay the actual actor's name, and they go through everybody, and they include Klinger and Father Mulcahy. And the girl, the ensemble, the nurse's ensemble. Did they? Yes, they said oh, the nurses ensemble. Oh, I missed that. And it showed a picture of all the nurses in okay. their tent. So, you know, and I I really like that they included Klinger and Father Mulcahy because I think that shows you that already at that point, it's like, no, we need to include these two. They're Un going to be regulars. Yeah. Unfortunately, we lose Odessa Cleveland as that sort of recurring character and um, Spearchucker and Ugly John, but we do gain... William Christopher and uh, Jamie Farr, and I think that they are just fantastic. Right, I love, yes, yeah. they're great characters. Oh my goodness! But, and that's how it ends. Is it is a Christmas episode of Mash, which is cool. You know, it's really an, it's well timed and it's well done. I think I, the only issue I have with it is that in Germ Warfare, it's still clearly not fall in the episode. And then we get to this episode, Dear Dad, and it's clearly winter. Oh. <laughs> but, like, there's there's no snow, which, I mean, that happens, but it's not like the ground looks frozen or anything. It's just one of those many... It's very windy. It's one of those inconsistencies they're, in the series. Right. They're wearing heavier clothes. Mm-hmm. So it... It's not cold, cold, like in other episodes. No. But, you know, it, it just one of the inconsistencies that's like, well... You could have spray-painted the ground or something. I don't know. Because in later episodes when it's Christmas, they have snow on the ground and they make it seem like... Just makes me wonder, though, if in Korea it's a warm place. Well, I mean, it's up by Russia and it's a peninsula. So when it gets cold, there's not much to keep the heat in there. And mountainous. So, yeah, I don't know what the weather system is like there, granted. You know... But I've got to think that you do get some pretty nasty winters. I guess. Because it's still Northern Hemisphere. Right, right. At that point. But anyway, oh, that's the episode. That's how it flowed. It was a very unique one in that sense. But dear Great Dad, episode because you got to see a lot of the characters. Yeah. You got to see who, yeah. who was who. Yeah. You know? You, you really see their character, it, right. the background, the character come out a lot more. Of each person. Yeah. So you get to see who, who people are. You really get mm -hmm. to know them in this episode, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah, just like I said about Father Mulcahy and Klinger. You really... It's a short little interaction. It's still a half-hour episode. It's only a few minutes that they're on screen together, but you see a lot of who they are. Who they are. are, right. Yeah. So. Great. Yeah, I mean, that... Everything else I would point out was already summarized because of how. <laughs> um, do you have anything else about no, Dear Dad? No, everything we touched on, everything I had written down. Okay. So, great. Yeah, again, 
Another. The Dear Dads are great. I love those episodes. And especially, and I've mentioned this before, because we do get episodes, not any of the Dear Dad ones, but we do get episodes where Alan, Alan Alda's father is on the show. Mm-hmm. I know. And that's what I picture when he writes to his dad. I picture his real dad. Yeah. And we actually... The character of Hawkeye's dad, which maybe we should review him at some point. When he, he's on. Well, he never... Well, I I mean oh, Hawkeye's his, dad, oh, not Hawkeye's Alan dad. Aldous. Hawkeye's dad, he never ever appears. We never hear from him. We never see him. But his character is really developed, I think, over the course of the series. Because um, in the one episode... BJ talks to him, Hawkeye talks to him a few times on the phone, and so we get... They all get together on an episode because they have this big reunion. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. dad and Radar's mom are the ones that kind of put it together. They're dancing, and yeah, so yeah. I mean, we do get a lot of character development on Father Pierce <laughs> from back home, even though we never ever see him, mm-hmm. which I think is incredible. Right. You know, so maybe that's maybe we could review some of those people as well, like Klinger's mom, who we hear a, a lot about, a lot about starting in this episode. So once we, because you know, there are only so many cast members. Even though there are some replaced, we're going to run out of them probably before the end of the first, before we get through the first season of episodes. So we can start talking about some of these other characters, like Charles' parents, Margaret's parents, Radar's mom. Those sorts of things. And that would be cool to do, too. Because they do play an integral role. They do, right. In, in the series. Okay. Shorter episode this week, but anything else you have? Nope. That's about it. We'll explain your podcast. And yeah, sure. I do apologize. I feel like I really uh, took the lion's share of the... <laughs> the time on this podcast i don't oh, feel like i let I, you talk enough so i apologize i said what i needed to say and you said what you i okay. i think yeah i'm welcome everyone and it's father's day so again okay. happy father's day yeah happy father's and day to everyone out there including chris who is a new father yeah if you hear a baby crying in the background that is little ryan <laughs> yeah no we we didn't realize that last the last episode until uh Candy, who was guest starring with us, listened to it and said, "You can hear Ryan." She in the said, back. "I think you need to give her credit." Credit. <laughs> so, but yeah, we are recording this June twenty first, Sunday, June twenty first, two thousand fifteen. So it is Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all of you out there. As far as this episode, if you were directed to this episode, given this episode, we encourage you to find the rest of our episodes. Uh, they are available on iTunes. Just search for Whiskey and Mash, or you can search by my name, Chris Pullman, or... Gloria Ackerman. Or any of our... Or Whiskey and Mash, because (laughs) that's what we always have, a whiskey while we're discussing, and... Yeah. Um, Any of our guest stars, I'll also credit them, so you could search them. Um, But if you search my name uh, on iTunes or your favorite podcast player application, you'll probably also find another podcast called Chris Reed's Book. That one is a serial podcast It, where I'm reading the chapters out of my first novel. So that one I would highly encourage you to listen to the episodes in numbered order. Whiskey and Mash, you don't really have to. you know. It, Watch a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. And enjoy podcasts. Mm-hmm. 
if you really like MASH, of course, there is the MASH Martinis and Medicine collection out there. It's a box set of DVDs you, I'm sure you could find at BestBuy.com, Amazon.com, that sort of thing. Otherwise, all the episodes of MASH are out on Netflix, and that's why we're going to try and right at the beginning of the podcast, before we get into it, we'll tell you the season and the episodes we're on so that you could go and watch the episodes first and then listen to us talk about them and kind of have some context because that way if you're not an absolute mash freak like me <laughs> give us your feedback then you know and yeah, yeah give us your feedback head over to um narclaninc.com that's n-a-r-c-l-a-n-i-n-c.com uh we'll once i revamp the website there will be links over there you know we'll try and get up like a facebook page a twitter account otherwise you can email us at whiskey and mash at narclaninc.com send us your feedback let us know what you think uh if we get enough emails about all of that we'll do a mailbag episode and just do that the whole time but if you don't do the podcast thing if you have an mp3 player you can head over to the website go to uh narclaninc.com slash whiskey and mash and you can get all of the raw mp3 files for this podcast over there you can download them directly put them on your mp3 player and listen to them that way we come out with a new episode every monday even if we record on different days we come out with a new episode every week yeah because we enjoy like enjoy and- and enjoy Chris's book also. It's a wonderful read. Thank you. I think you should take the time, listen. I think his voice is very <laughs> relatable. And well, thank you. Um, someday he's, you're going to say, I knew him when. <laughs> so, But thank you for coming back. Thank you for sharing this podcast with a friend, with a family member, with somebody you think would enjoy uh, listening to us week after week. And I guess with that, we'll see you. Cheers. Next week. Cheers.